Welcome to the Solopreneur Success Podcast, where successful business owners gather to share true stories and sound advice to help you start and grow your own solopreneur business. Come soar with us and design the life you love. Now, here's your host, Steve Combs. Hello, solopreneurs. Today, I'm interviewing Sonda Yunus, founder of Leading Marketing Solutions, a full-service marketing agency with a specialty in digital marketing. Like I just said, they offer the full range of digital marketing help, but today we're going to focus on one specific area of interest to many solopreneurs, and that's LinkedIn lead generation. And as Sonda was just telling me before we officially got started here, they work with a lot of clients who work in the Facebook realm. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick Sonda's brain today on how her and her team work to find their own clients. We're going to kind of get the inside scoop on what it takes to really develop leads in LinkedIn and what's working today. So Sonda, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Of course. Thank you so much for having me, Steve. I'm excited to be here. I appreciate you taking the time today with us. And I, I know you said that you actually have a wide variety of experience. We've talked before. I'd love for you to take us down the path of how did you get into digital marketing and, and marketing in general? Because that's always an interesting story. <laughs> sure. So uh, it has been a long journey. Basically, I started out in medical. Uh, actually, my both of my parents are physicians. My father is a pediatrician who opened his own private practice. And so I ended up after getting my bachelor's in psychology, I was in New York, ended up moving to Florida and uh, managing his practices, basically. And so I started from customer service with doing the reception desk and the call center and learning how to do billing, slowly evolving into management and ended up getting my master's in healthcare management. So that's kind of what I thought I was going to be doing. But then I got very, very involved in the market of the practices as we kept growing. We kept adding new doctors, new nurse practitioners, and we kept getting more patients coming in. So I really started, you know, managing a lot of the digital marketing side of it as well. And, you know, uh, the websites, the social media, the branding that we were doing, advertising and local channels. And so, you know, that's really how I got very, very passionate about it. And so I'm a self-taught marketer, but I read over hundreds of books on marketing and sales and entrepreneurship. And so Digital marketing is just kind of the biggest new thing around, right? The coolest kid on the block. And so everyone has to do digital marketing as a business owner, whether you're a solopreneur or you have employees and you're a huge business, everyone has to have a good digital presence. And so that's really how I learned and started getting really, really into digital marketing because it's what everyone's doing, right? And especially now with COVID, I mean, it's pretty much one of the main things that are still very, very viable and still successful, right? Um, I'm a huge proponent of networking. I actually have my own networking group. I love networking, but you know, you can't always network. Right now where we are, people are starting to get back out there. I'm very grateful for that. I truly enjoy, you know, that face-to-face connections. But the next best thing is to at least be digitally present, to have a great local presence online as well, right? And what that means is by still having exposure in your local community, but then bringing those same people on your social media platforms. So adding them on your Facebook or on your LinkedIn, that's really how now you're going to start getting engagement on your social media platforms, right? And so LinkedIn is kind of the digital marketing world of networking, right? So when yeah, you we're going to get there in a minute, but I, I want to take a step back, on it because I yeah. you said something a minute ago. I just, I don't want to forget this. I think this is a, a big point for our audience. 
And that is, you said these words, I'm self-taught. And I'm going to say right now, I think that is actually a strength, not a weakness, because I know that many schools you can go to for marketing degrees, you honestly are getting 40-year-old information in college still to this day. And you kind of grew up in the trenches of what's actually working. How right. do I make this work? And, and I and I kind of did a little stalking on your website even. And I, I saw that you were like, you know, awarded like 40 under 40. That's, that's amazing. Tell us Thank about you. that. <laughs> So it is a local uh, publication that we have here, which is the Ocala Star Banner. And every year, they I'm so sorry, Ocala Magazine. There's the best of the best Ocala Star Banner. Ocala Magazine does 40 under 40. And it's basically entrepreneurs or professionals in the community that basically a popularity contest, I have to say, you know, and so people vote for you and uh, tell Ocala Magazine why they feel that you deserve to be in the list. And I was incredibly blessed last year to just see this huge outpour of support from our community. And it truly is just from all the networking events that I've been doing. So um, yeah. that was a really cool adventure. In a sense, it's, it's PR and that's marketing, right? So you're kind of yes. doing, you know, there, there's a saying back, please don't take this the wrong way, but I used to be a computer programmer. They used to call it eating your own dog food, which is basically you would create the software that you would use. And you're yeah. creating the marketing that your company uses in, in your presence Yes, you do this for clients, but you also, as a business owner, have to do it for yourself. Right. And this is what I think is really exciting about this is that you're, you're not just somebody out here. So let me get on a podcast so I can tell somebody about my business and hopefully get a few new clients. You're actually doing this. You, you have plenty of notoriety. You have clients. You, you're helping people left and right. But you've taken the time out of your day to actually do something which is really, really fun. And what I appreciate about a guest is you're not coming here to, to teach your main client, which is what I do for clients, because you spend a lot of time in Facebook, but for your own business, you spend a lot of time, you told me, using LinkedIn to generate leads. And that's what we're going to get to in a minute. But I just want to point that out, that, that that's powerful that you are, you know, self-taught because you know it works because you came Thank up you. to the trenches. So how did, you know, you're, you know, of course, you're not a solopreneur now. You've grown your agency. You have a, a whole team of people around you. But how did you get started with the agency itself? Did you start just yourself and start kind of put your yes. name out there? And how did that work? So, you know, I started my company back in September of 2016, and it was actually called Leading Management Solutions at the time. And the idea was that I was going to be doing more business consulting, management consulting for medical practices, because that's what my background was in, my education, my experience, right? And then from working with those clients and also from finding that it was very hard to sell business consulting as a service, right? Because it's something that's very intangible. So you have to show people the results that you're going to give them. So it's very hard to sell business consulting services. So it had to evolve from that, right? And as I was just picking my brain and figuring out what is the best service that I can really provide, um, it was just the same thing that kept coming over and over again. And it was businesses needed more clients or more customers, right? And most of that is marketing and sales. And that's what a lot of business owners, especially solopreneurs who are so busy working in their business, they just don't have the time to really get to know everything that they need to know in order to be successful, especially because it's changing constantly. There are always new updates, new platforms, new tricks and tips to learn. You know, So that's really what I decided that I really truly enjoyed. And you can see results when you're doing things right. So that's the most exciting part. So that's how I really got into 
it. And with the uh, self-teaching, it, it's all audible. I just found books. You know, I Googled best marketing books around. I bought them all on Audible and I drive a lot from meetings. And so I was just always listening while driving instead of listening to the same you know, music over and over again. And so that's really how I was able to get all of this knowledge into me while you know, not necessarily taking years of my life just sitting there with my face in a book. You know what I mean? So I absolutely encourage any business owner who especially is just starting out, I know how pressed for time we all are. And so if you haven't yet tried Audible, it's a magical tool, right? There is no better way, in my opinion, to get better at what you do than by learning through Audible. And at this point, I listen to books at 1.75 speed, right? So it's basically (laughs) reading twice as fast as I would be if I was reading a normal book. So I'm able to still register all of that information. So it's really cool how your brain adapts. You know what I mean? You just have to kind of subject it to it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Audible. We're taking, as we record this, this is beginning of February. and we were actually taking a big road trip across country from New Hampshire to Texas and, and back. So that's like two and a half days driving its way. I've already got four books queued up on Audible. I, I'm a there big fan of Audible. And they're not, you know, they're, I sometimes listen to a novel, I will admit, but usually it's business books. And this time it's, it's all business. I've got four books and I'll probably listen to most of them just getting there and I'll buy some more to come back home with. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it just makes sense to, of course, you know, not everybody's going to have a cross country road trip. But as you said, you don't have to. If you're 30 minutes here, 30 minutes there, get that extra time in to invest in your own knowledge. And there's always time you can fit in. Or if you're exactly. you know, not a fan of listening, bring a Kindle or something and you're standing in line, pop it opening right. and read a couple of pages. You're, you, you can always make, make time. Exactly. Audible is not for everyone because I try to push it on everyone. And then some people are like, oh no, I have to see words on, you know, paper. And I'm like, okay, but do you have the time? (laughs) You know, like (laughs) one way or another, you still have to make the time or find a way to uh, keep improving yourself. Because if you aren't, guess what? Your competitors are, (laughs) you know? And so that's kind of how you lose that competitive edge. Yeah. And what I do just so folks know is I'll buy the book on Audible and print, especially business books. If I think I'm going to reference again, I'll listen to it on Audible and then I'll take notes or I'll, I'll mark pages or whatever in the print book. And that yeah. just works for me. So I, I want to just reference something. You just pop that book open. Yes, I'm, I'm buying it twice. Whoop-de-doo. When you think but, about the value, it's well worth every penny. And you know, that's one way, but you don't even have to necessarily, unless you want the book itself. When you buy an Audible book, it also comes with an, uh, a PDF that you can download. So if you want to just have it on paper so that you can take notes, you don't even have to buy it twice. So huh. I actually did not know about that feature of Audible. That's, that's interesting to hear. There we go. Uh, I was aware <laughs> they had a PDF there. So there's there's a new tip for everybody. I yeah. didn't even know that was, a, that was a possibility. I use Kindle and I use... All Look how much them. money I just saved you. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, that's great. So let's talk a little bit about how you help your clients. You know, you've, you've actually started out there and you kind of made that transition from management mm-hmm. solutions into marketing solutions because obviously everyone listening to this podcast, if you're a business owner, you know, you have to make money and otherwise you have a hobby, not a business. Right. So how did you begin changing from here? I'm going to help you with the management to helping with bringing in revenue. Cause that's, that's key. Anytime you can influence revenue in a business, you are going to have a sound impact. So how did that transition happen for you? 
So it was actually about, you know, finding a way to provide tangible products and tangible services, right? So instead of saying, hey, let me come in and consult with you and show you how to become more efficient and how to make more money in the long run, it's more about, hey, you're going to bring us on and you're going to, you know, in one month end up with a brand new website and your social media is going to be up and your platforms are going to be optimized and your Google My Business account is optimized, you know? And I mean, we trust me, yes, we get started in one month, but even when we sign on clients, we tell them, hey, you've got to give us at least three months for you to really start seeing all of these efforts picking up, right? And that's just digital marketing. That's just how it works because we can sell you the world, but it's not entirely dependent on us. You know what I mean? With search engine optimization, for example, we can be doing everything we can for the package that we've sold you. But if somebody, if your competitor is spending five or 10 times more on ad spend for those same keywords, you know, then they already have an advantage, right? But again, but that's where everything kind of comes together as a package. And that's where you really want to figure out, okay, let's say you want to do the online presence package. We will take you through this journey where you're going to end up with an amazing website that converts. You're going to end up with great social media platform pages with followers where we're posting for you every single day, twice a day, right? It's relevant content. It's branded content. It speaks with your audience. We are posting in groups. We're engaging with people. You know, we're creating backlinks for you. We're doing search engine optimization, both on the website as well as off the uh, website ongoing, right? We're doing online review management. So you're seeing that you're getting more reviews, more five-star reviews, you're getting feedback, right? Um, you're seeing your email list growing. You're seeing that your cost per click for your ads is going down. And now you're getting more results from the same ad budget or even lower than what you had, right? So when you're able to show them those tangible results, then that's really the best way that you can then sell services. And because you already have these people that are telling about you to their friends and their colleagues, right? And I'm uh, lucky enough to be in a community where our small business community is very, very involved and everyone knows each other really, really well. Um, so it's kind of like once you start picking up speed, then it snowballs, right? Because it's all about word of mouth. And that's really what I preach. Um, yes, we're a marketing agency and yes, we focus on digital marketing, but networking is my big thing because it's all about connections, right? Whether those connections are live connections or whether those are connections that you're forming on LinkedIn, right? Or on Facebook or on the digital, uh, you know, world <laughs> as well. So it's really just all about connections. But yeah, that's kind of how we were able to start, um, you know, seeing a lot more success by being able to show those tangible results. And people were like, oh, okay, I see what these guys got from you. So how do I get in, you know? Right. And of course, you talked about a, a few different approaches. You talk about you know, search engine optimization, which, as you mentioned, you, you can't expect the overnight success right. story. I mean, you, you can make tangible differences quickly at SEO, but it is a marathon, not a sprint. And yes. it's a matter of it's a snowball effect. And the more you work at it, the more success you'll see. Exactly. Pay-per-click, you're going to invest more. You might get a faster response if you do it well. And that, and that can take some testing before you get there. It's just the nature of the game when it comes to any kind of advertising. And that's why we test when it comes to advertising. You exactly. test, if it doesn't work, you, you, you try something else. And so, so you, you have that experience, but made the promise at the beginning here, we're going to kind of dig into your yeah. brain a little bit. And how are you getting your 
clients these days, because I understand you're doing a lot of that through LinkedIn and a lot of people are saying, I would love to learn how to use LinkedIn and tap into that huge resource of business mm-hmm. professionals. How do I get started in there? Let me just get so, that opener into question. <laughs> absolutely. I will go into LinkedIn. I would like to say that at this point, we are not doing LinkedIn lead generation uh, for ourselves just because the referrals are coming in so quickly that I am just working on keeping up with the referrals. So I'm at a place that is an amazing place to be. (laughs) LinkedIn is definitely uh, a huge way to start generating leads. It does take a little bit of time, but especially when you're just starting out, um, it's an incredibly affordable and effective way to get leads. Um, So And before you get started, um, yeah. I just want to point out, you know, I, I love what you just said there about referrals because you you talked about, you know, making connections and connections, the, yeah. the real word there is relationships because you're not going to get a referral from somebody you haven't built that, that no like and trust factor with. So clearly you're doing that once you make the connections. There's a little bit more than say, hey, I have 5,000 connections on LinkedIn. Nobody cares. <laughs> I have 5,000 people I'm actually communicating with who like me, they respond, they engage. That's a whole different ballgame. And so I just want to make that assessment there because if you're getting all referrals, that just shows the power of getting started and then making that transition. So I just want to point that out before we dive into the LinkedIn side of things. So thanks for <laughs> bearing with me, Sada. I'd love to hear what you what you had in front of you to get you down the path before you hit the, the, the fully uh, referred type business that you have now. Yeah. And you know what we did with LinkedIn as far as lead generation, we were before COVID using it a lot for selling event vendor booths as well as event sponsorships. So as I mentioned, we are an event marketing company and a well-marketing agency that specializes in event marketing at this point. So we hosted over 50 different types of events in 2019. And a lot of those were expos with different types of vendor booths and sponsors. And so that was something where we constantly needed new people and we were constantly doing lead generation, right? So LinkedIn was amazing for that. And I actually developed training that I was teaching my team on how to do this on LinkedIn. So basically it all starts with, let's say you are brand new. Let's say you don't even have a LinkedIn account yet, right? You start by setting it up, right? You start by putting in as much information as you possibly can. Make sure that your bio looks good. Make sure that your bio highlights your uh, skills, your experience, as well as your passion. Right. If you don't have much experience to put, a lot of the people that are on my team are very young. You know, I have a great relationship with our local college. And so I get a lot of interns. And then after three months, I hire them. Right. But I get them and they do not have a lot of experience. So we work on writing their bios together. And it's really about, well, okay, maybe you don't have much to talk about yet, but what are you passionate about? What do you truly enjoy doing? Right. What do you see yourself doing? So things like those really matter as well, because at the end of the day, you want to tell people who you are as a person, not necessarily just list your resume. That's not what they really want to see, right? And then of course, in your experience, yes, you will put whatever positions you had. And yes, the more experience you have, the better, right? But at the same time, it's still about personality. It's still about, it's kind of like a cover letter, right? When you're applying for a job, a lot of employers, myself included, I care more about the cover letter than the resume itself. 
because it's not as much about the experience that you have as it is about the attitude that you have and the mindset that you have. And for me, when hiring, if I can see that you have a good attitude and that I can train you, then I don't care if you've never worked you know, in this industry or done what I'm hiring you to do, because I can tell that you will be able to do it with the right training. So that's kind of how you want to set up your LinkedIn. You want to bring that out there. You want to be warm and genuine and be yourself. And then of course, you also want to have a very professional headshot, right? If it's not a professional headshot, please get one or at least take a very clean image of yourself, you know, just right about here, right? Like shoulders and up. Do not put something where, you know, you're holding your baby or something like that. It's just, it's not the platform. You know what I mean? There's a time and a place. This is something where people are coming to see you as a professional. So you want to be professional. You definitely want to put in, if you are a volunteer for any organization, you want to put that in. That's amazing, right? Um, If you've held internships, you want to put that in. Basically, the more experience that you can show as far as the different things that you're involved in, that you're interested in, right? Community involvement is huge. If you're a part of different groups, whether it's networking groups or councils or whatever, definitely add that on there as well, right? So basically my point is first you want to have an optimized profile, right? Because I get a lot of people that are sending me connection requests and they don't even have an image on their link on their profile. I will never accept that. That's not a way to form a connection with someone. So definitely optimize your profile first. Part of that profile, the, the key thing to me is that when I get a connection request is what is what is their title? What are they using in that spot? How, how do you optimize that or what do you recommend? So for us, I put marketing consultant. And then of course, it depends on like if I have at this point, I have different roles. So they do have their own roles, you know, but if it's just someone that's going to be doing business development for you, you can have them put director of business development, right? The If it's someone, even if let's say you just hired someone and they're new and you're teaching them, just keep in mind that it's always better to have a higher title because people will see them as more credible. So if they truly work on behalf of your organization and it does not take you much to throw in manager or director of, you know, whether even if it's like manager of client services, okay, it still sounds cooler than administrative, right? So I definitely recommend being original with those if you are having somebody do it on your behalf um, with their own profiles. If it's you, then of course, it's going to be whoever you are. If it's your business, then you are the founder or the president or, you know, whatever you call yourself, the CEO um, is what I have. I have founder and CEO. So definitely that title means a lot. People do look at that. So that's a great point. Gotcha. Yeah. And I I know some people will take that title, they'll be very creative with it as well. And I think that's okay as long as you don't get so creative that you miss the point completely because you're, you're trying to show people what you do or how you can help them or, or right. they'll have a clue of why would they want to connect with you. And if it doesn't make sense from the title, they're more likely to say, ignore. <laughs> I'm not going yeah. to make that connection. And let me ask you this question because this is mm-hmm. another area that I get asked a lot and I have my opinions on it, but I want to get yours on, on this uh, yeah. interview. When you reach out to someone to make a connection on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. what do you say? What, how do you introduce yourself? Or do you even put a note there? Do you just simply send a connection request? Do you always include a personal note? Does it vary? And how do you decide that? So I actually, and we've touched on this before, and I'm going to be controversial and put it out there. Um, We do use an automated system to send out connection requests. I do not use it myself at this point, uh, but the people that I train to do LinkedIn, especially when they're first starting out, 
I do recommend that they use a program called Ducks Soup, D-U-X-S-O-U-P. It's a very affordable, there is even a free version of this and it's a Google Chrome extension. And you can basically program a message so that this way you're not doing it yourself. My message that I usually teach them is, you know, something like, hi, I'm Sonda. I would love to connect. A lot of people will put something like, I checked out your profile. I would love to connect. Or um, you would be a great addition to my network. I would love. I know you're not a fan of this, but again, the reason that I'm sharing this with our audience is because most solopreneurs, I'm sorry, Steve, they will not have the time to send a you know, specialized message for every single person. Um, especially when you're first starting out, it really is a numbers game, in my opinion. And you are more than welcome to challenge me. Um, but in my opinion, it's a numbers game. You want to send people out those requests because at the beginning, you want to get to 500 connections. Because guess what? After you reach 500 connections, LinkedIn no longer shows on your profile how many connections you have. It just shows 500 plus, right? So in the LinkedIn world, you've kind of made it at 500, okay? Then you can stop the automated requests. You can go to doing it more manually. If that's what you would prefer, that's perfectly fine. But at the end of the day, you know, when it is someone that is just starting out and they have, you know, zero to a hundred connections, it is hard for them to get accepted. Not everyone will accept them as readily as they would someone that already has five, 10,000 connections, right? Because that person already has credibility. When you're just starting out, it's um, it's an even harder chance to get accepted. So it really is about getting more and more requests out there. So um, that's just what we do. But again, if that's not something, then there are other tools such as, for example, auto text is another free Google Chrome extension, which it's just A-U-T-O-T-E-X-T. And you can create whatever little script you want and you just program it into your auto text and you put a little keyword. So for example, let's say for your LinkedIn script, it's going to be at LI for LinkedIn, right? And then you're sending the connection request manually and where you can put the message, you just put in at LI and then your message is right there and then you send it yourself, right? So that's another way that you can still do it yourself, but still also somewhat automated to make it easier. Gotcha. And, and, and for the listeners, sake, as you find mentioned, you know, I might challenge her on this. And this is the funny thing is because we actually had a conversation all around this. Oh, I guess it was a week or two ago. And you know, Sandra's right. I'm not a big fan of automated messages that are impersonal. However, I won't say that I'm against it altogether because if you frame them properly, I can absolutely see where it works. And I agree with you, Sandra, on this is that if you can use a tool to automate process, that's powerful. Where the danger comes in is, I'll give you an example. Yes, yesterday I had somebody who sent me a LinkedIn connection request. This is somebody who I believe, based on their profile, actually serves podcast hosts. And he asked me in the intro message, do you have a podcast? And I'm like, I literally wrote back, wow. I laugh out loud. Do you, no, do you see, not, that did you not even fake. read my title? You're right. Yeah, because you can see right in my title on LinkedIn in my profile, it includes podcast host. Duh. Uh, so you have to be careful how you phrase yeah. it. But you also mentioned like simply like, you know, I would love to connect. Now, I am not a fan of saying I checked out your profile unless you actually did. Um, to me, that would, that would fall in the line of, did you really? <laughs> uh, and then you ask a question down the road and you have a conversation, it becomes personal. And then you ask a dumb question that you would have seen if you saw the profile. So if you were to do that, at least 
make sure before you have a conversation to take profile. a moment to check out the profile. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Um, yes. And I, I know some people, I, I actually coach uh, some folks who they actually would take great advantage of these kinds of extensions in Chrome if mm-hmm. it's properly worded. I think that's really the key. It's not that there's a good or bad, it's right or wrong. And as I, I told Sandra when we had this original conversation about it, yes, I'm not a fan of the automated approach for making connections. And I will say if there's a high priority connection that you want to connect with, I would want to make that a personal introduction. Uh, If you have some kind of way to make a personal connection in your opening message, especially if there's some similarities in your background or a a mutual connection or something you can say that'll kind of, you know, open the door a little bit to that connection. If it's somebody you really don't know, but you're just trying to build, I can see why this would be an approach that could be helpful, Uh, especially, and I'm sure you target specific markets. So let's talk about that a minute. How do you, how do you go into that? And so, and keep in mind that this is really just the initial approach, right? You're not doing any selling here. You're literally just trying to add them to your network. And then when you are approaching them with an actual script, that's already, you know, a week, two weeks, three weeks in after they've already been a part of your network. And now you want to send them something, but you're doing it yourself so that if they have questions or they respond, you can respond as well. And that's not automated, right? It's literally just the reach out. As far as how to find out who to approach. So of course, you need to know who your target market is. And with something like Duck Soup, or I know that there are other tools as well, you have to have Sales Navigator, which is the premium version of LinkedIn. It's one of them specifically uh, focused on sales, obviously. And so, you know, you are able to search for the people that you are looking to connect with. So for example, for us, when we were selling a lot of vendor tables and sponsorships, we're looking for either business owners, marketing directors, business development directors, because those are the people that are actually looking for those opportunities, right? So we will go in, put in those titles, put in the uh, geographic area that we are looking for, and then click search, right? And so there are really great ways that you can narrow in on exactly who you're looking to um, reach out to. You can even search by specific company. If you're looking to approach people at a specific company, you can search for that company and see who works there and then reach out to them that way, right? But this way, so now Sales Navigator pulls up the list and then, you know, you turn on the duck soup. And what duck soup does is one of the features is it actually goes into each profile. It opens it. So it does view the profile, right? And then it sends the connection request. That's just how it basically goes down the list that you have already pulled up for it. So you're telling it which profile to look and to send connection requests to. Yeah, that, that that's great. And I know, know that when you're on LinkedIn, especially if you are a LinkedIn pro member, I think premium, whatever the, the wording is, yeah. I forget what it is nowadays, but you get a notification when somebody views your profile and exactly. you can see who builds your profile every yeah. time if, if you have the pro membership there. So that's something that will show up and say, look, yeah, yeah, you really did open that profile before they sent the connection exactly. request. That's going to increase the odds of them saying yes, because say, okay, it took the moment. Even though it may be an automated process, what really matters though is to follow through. It's no different than like, you sign up for my email list. Yes, I already wrote the autoresponder emails. I don't write every single email to you personally, myself, to send it right. to you. So it's not wrong to use processes. It's a matter mm-hmm. of using them well and make right. sure that you produce them in a way that's well, and I actually, 
I want to backtrack to what you mentioned as far as viewing the profile, because as I mentioned, there's two versions of the duck soup, right? So paid version, which is $15 per month, is the one where you can have it send the connection request with the message. You can also have it endorse like top three skills or whatever. So you look very nice, right? But the free version of it, what it does is it just opens their profiles. So how it helps you is that then they see your name and who's viewed your profile. So that's exactly how the free version works is that then when they see your name, it's more than likely that they're going to view your profile. Now you get a notification that this person has viewed your profile. And then that's when you click connect, you know, request connection. So gotcha. And here's where, here's the area I'm going to challenge you on because you mentioned about the endorsements. I think it's something we talked about too last yeah. time we chatted. And this is our private chat, but I just want to bring this out too. I personally would never endorse somebody unless I directly had experience with their skills. Yeah. You, your mileage may vary. And as I told Sonia before we ever had this interview, even scheduled this interview, I said, look, you're welcome to share what you know and what you use. And our listeners are smart enough to figure out for themselves what's right for them. Exactly. And I'm just going to give you my, my opinion is, if I'm going to endorse somebody, it's because I really did work with them and I actually, actually recognized them. And what your wording was, I think was, is pretty much, hey, this makes you look nice because you're giving them a kind of a, a promotion boost and that skill assessment that's on their LinkedIn profile. And it shows that you have taken an interest enough to give them a kind of a leg up in a sense by giving them that boost. I would do it personally. You choose for yourself. Sonda does it. I wouldn't. You choose. I don't do that's, it. It's an oh, option. You don't do it. Okay. It's an option. I thought you said you did. Okay. Because in the duck soup settings, you can set exactly what you want it to do. And so I actually go over it with my team. Whoever feels comfortable doing whatever, that's what they do as long as like (laughs) within the (laughs) limits, right? But that's what they do. But it is an option. And what I will say is, because I, I agree with you there, Steve, right? You don't know these people. And now here you are endorsing, especially if you already kind of have a lot of credibility in the community. And this is someone that could be not such a great person to endorse, then now that looks makes you look bad, right? So I My personally do not do it. But I have found that when I get notifications in my LinkedIn that so-and-so endorsed you, I'll make sure to go check out their profile, right? So it's kind of, you choose your own adventure. Will it make you kind of stand out from others? Yes. Do you want to do it? You have to decide. You know what I mean? So yeah, but those are just the different options that are available. Yeah. I was going to say also on, on the flip side of that, as somebody who's received endorsements from people who I don't know, I do check out the profile, but there's the fine line there because I may or may not be, if I think it's just they're giving me endorsements because they're trying to just get their foot in the door rather than they really, you know, maybe saw me speak or whatever it was. If I think it's baloney, I'm probably going to have a negative impression, not a positive one. So okay. I would be careful with you. That's just me. But, yeah. uh, you know, other people may be different. But I'm just sharing that with you to, to take into account when you make that decision and how you might use that particular tool if you decide to use duck soup. I, I think it's a, a tremendously efficient tool from what it sounds like. I've never used it personally, so I'm, I'm going to have to check it out uh, yeah. just to get an idea of what that's like. Anyways, I would do want to maybe, even though it's LinkedIn lead generation, I'm all tongue-tied today, yeah. is our primary focus topic. I am curious just maybe if you want to throw a a few tips to our audience about the, the Facebook sites. I know you work a lot with your clients on Facebook. Anything that you would say, this is big or you need to focus on this area of Facebook marketing. Might as well talk about that for a minute. Sure. I think that one of the main things that a lot of people are missing out on are Facebook groups. So if you um, are any business owner in any community, there are Facebook groups for you to be a part of. 
right? Like whether they are groups like we live in Ocala, so we've got like Ocala's word of mouth, Ocala's, you know, local business community, different events, things to do Ocala, business networking, Central Florida business networking, right? Like a lot of these different, different groups of people who want to know more about the specific, you know, reasons that they're in that group, whether it's for events. They just want updates on the local business community or whatever. There could be specific groups based on niche, whether it's, you know, uh, we're in mental health groups for our pediatric clients, other types, maybe holistic health groups. So it really just depends on what you do. But there are Facebook groups with other people who are also interested in those topics. So when you first start a page, you should absolutely try to join as many groups as possible, but also not only with your business page, but also with your own profile. I think that on Facebook, something that is incredibly important is to not just hide behind your Facebook business page, right? Incredibly important to build your personal brand as well and to use your personal Facebook profile as a marketing tool as well, right? I'm on my Facebook profile all the time and I get so much exposure from it. And anytime that, you know, if somebody comes to me and says, hey, do you know something about this or do you know someone that does this, I can go on my Facebook and post for a recommendations post and I will always find someone. And that's because of how active I am on Facebook and how many friends I've already built up on there yet, right? So I highly recommend definitely being very, very active in the local groups, right? As your business, as well as as yourself. So for us, we share all of our events and all of these local groups, right? Or if we have any announcements for any of the clients, we will share them in the group. Some clients will actually have their own Facebook groups and invite people to their groups. Like for example, as I mentioned with the pediatric practices, we have a pediatric mental health group that we do because my father actually sees a whole lot of mental health, right? a whole lot of ADHD and depression and bipolar in our pediatric practices. So we started a pediatric mental health group and it has grown and we are basically posting, you know, just inspirational things to do about mental health. Hey, it's okay to, you know, not be exactly the same as everyone else. And it doesn't have to be anything hard, right? It's just kind of taking it as one more platform to post on, but it's a great way to kind of cultivate a following, right? And just cultivate your tribe. And what's cool with a group is that all members of a group get notified when somebody posts, right? So as opposed to posting on your Facebook page or even on your personal profile, not everyone, a very small percentage of your actual friends will actually see that post on their timeline. You know what I mean? But if you're posting in a group, every single member of that group will get a notification that so-and-so posted in this group. I think think there's a saying that you may have to set, though, just to point out. So you want to encourage, if you have a group, encourage your members to set it. Because I know that I have a group. I have two groups, actually. I have a page in the group. And if they don't set it to get notifications first, I think it is, then you won't necessarily get that notification. So I would encourage people to, to, if you have a group that you definitely want to hear about, the, yeah. you know, sometimes you just get the top posts and Facebook might give you three out of 10 or whatever. They'll actually show in your timeline automatically and give you notifications. But like someone's still posted. But like my top groups, yeah, I do get notified because I say, I think I actually said it though where I want to be That's notified. interesting. I've never set mine and I've always gotten notified, but interesting, great point. Yeah, yeah. So, so check into that. If, if you if you join a group and you're not getting notified of every post, and I know I'm a member of a lot of groups and some of them I, I rarely get notified for. So maybe okay. maybe it depends on your interaction with the group. So, so some yeah. groups I want to be notified for, I'm also in there a lot more. And maybe that makes a difference too. The more you participate in the group, the more you, right. you know, Facebook says, hey, 
algorithm says, you love this group. <laughs> let me let you know that here's and another post to look at. It will even give you little badges like top share, you know, or like conversation starters. So yeah, <laughs> groups yeah, want you to interact. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but that would be really, you know, uh, my best advice as far as Facebook is just getting out there and being engaged and actually engaging with others. Yes, on social media, but still kind of like you would in your local community, right? Like you would go to a networking event, you would participate in a group. So that's kind of how I see it. Yeah. And the nice thing about social media, because a lot of the listeners I know are like their global audience because they're information product or they're they're Mm service-based virtual, but you can do the same thing with any group they're virtual. Many of those yeah. groups are national or even international in scope. Uh, take advantage of those. It doesn't really matter. You could be yeah, across based the world on your and industry. Still participating. Mm-hmm. Exactly. exactly. That's the nice thing about virtual. It's so much easier to take part in those. And right. we're gonna, we could go so, so much further. I want to ask one last question before I wrap today. Because yeah. uh, I know that some people, they, they look at social media and says, this is just, this is overwhelm. I have so much that I, I can't keep up with it all. And I still have a business to run. So where do you draw a line and and when do you say time to get some help? I think that it's important to think about, okay, if you are sitting at home and doing social media, what is your opportunity cost, right? Would you be making a lot more if you were out in the world meeting with people or networking or doing whatever that could be bringing you more business, right? As opposed to you taking care of busy work that you can easily delegate to someone at a much lower cost than what you may be losing out on by spending the time doing this work yourself. You know what I mean? So I think it really just kind of depends like, okay, and you want to think about how much money do I want to make this year, right? And you put that goal in front of you And then you think about how many hours do I want to work this year, right? And then you divide your money goal by your hour goal. And that's how much money you're supposed to be bringing in per month, uh, per hour, right? And so if that number per hour is more than what you can pay someone else to help with some of these smaller tasks, right? Time-consuming tasks, then you need to figure out the best ways to outsource or delegate that so that you can make sure that you're actually on track to reach the goals that you have set for yourself in a strategic way and not just dreaming about it, right? Absolutely. I love that. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. So again, if you're if you're enjoying this conversation, Donda, she she's a full service, not just her, but her team and her have a full service marketing agency. Where can people find you and learn more about you? Yes. Uh, so my website, our website is www.lms, as in leading marketing solutions, dash, like the hyphen, plus, P-L-U-S dot com. So LMS dash plus dot com. And then also leading marketing solutions on Facebook and on LinkedIn. Awesome. And I'll make sure to get those into the show notes. So if you're missing that, I'll give you the link at the end after the music again and the link to the membership page so you can join us for that live training. Sana, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Steve. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Solopreneur Success Podcast. We hope you discovered valuable advice on how to start and grow your own successful solopreneur business. If you liked the podcast, you'll love the all-new Solopreneur Success Connections community at solopreneurcoach.com. Here you'll get exclusive access to our private, members-only community of business builders, free business building resources, and live online monthly training designed to accelerate your business success. Join us now at solopreneurcoach.com.
Hey, Solopreneurs, it's Steve Combs again. You can get the show notes for this and every episode at my website, solopreneurcoach.com. And you can always go directly to the specific show notes by just putting a forward slash in the episode number. In this case, it'll be solopreneurcoach.com forward slash 035. Thank you for listening.